0: It's one of the most important to-dos on the list of every new parent. Making sure they have a pediatrician lined up so their child can get all of the routine and preventive care they need and, of course, be at the ready to help if your child becomes ill. Well, we're going to get some great advice on today's show about how to find a pediatrician, how to prepare for visits, how to put kids at ease during a visit, and much more from our guest, Dr. Alice Madani, a pediatrician at McLaren-Lapeer Region Community Medical Center. This is McLaren's In Good Health. I'm Michael Carice. And Dr. Madani, can you start by sharing a few suggestions for parents who are looking for a pediatrician? What characteristics or experience should listeners be considering when making that choice?
1: So when you're looking for a pediatrician, uh, you can start out with looking for a trusted source, maybe from a friend or parent, family member who might know of a provider in your area. Another option you can use is another medical provider. So if you have an OB or family practice physician, you might ask if there's uh, someone that they recommend for your child. And then beyond that, there are websites. Uh, one trusted website would be brightfutures or healthychildren.org. And on that website, you can put in your zip code and you can find a pediatrician that would be listed that's that would be a trusted provider. In terms of qualifications or characteristics, I think that's pretty straightforward. So you want someone who's competent, someone who is compassionate, someone who listens, uh, someone who loves children and has good bedside manner, as well as they're scientific, like they um, are very systematic in how they diagnose and, treat your child.
0: You know, it's been a long time, I have to admit, since I had to select a pediatrician, so I'm trying to remember if it was customary to do an interview or a visit ahead of time uh, before you make a choice, or is that not acceptable?
1: No, that's definitely acceptable. I encourage people to come and make an appointment with me. I love talking to people and meeting with them. I think... It kind of eases a lot of apprehension, having that face-to-face appearance, and you can always ask questions that you might have for me. You get to see the location and the staff, and and so you're not having to wonder about all these things when your child is actually sick. All you need to do is just call our office uh, to do that, or if there's another provider in your area, you could ask if they do allow for that service.
0: Yeah, you could see how that would make sense because as you... Mentioned you don't want to show up and be meeting everybody for the first time and be unfamiliar with how the practice works. Right. So it can be kind of overwhelming, especially if you have a sick child, and that's why it's good for parents to have some questions uh, before that first appointment, maybe even write them down. What are some basic questions that you think parents should be prepared to ask?
1: Some basic questions have to do with both the office and the pediatrician, so you'd like to know what the office hours are, when the provider will be available, um, how they are available by phone, by email. And when the pediatrician or the office is closed, who can help you? Is there a, a telephone number that you can call for after hours? Also, a lot of parents will ask me where should I go for care, like what emergency department or what hospital? Also you know, there are different, depending on where you live, there might be different facilities like specialists. So it's kind of nice to know like where your provider is affiliated with or where they refer to. Other questions that you might have have to do with the style of the pediatrician. A common question I get is, you know, we vaccinate or we don't vaccinate. How do you feel about that? Um, Can you still see my child? Or, you know, we vaccinate, Um, do you see children that aren't vaccinated? And how do you protect those children? Uh, Those are probably the most common questions I come across.
0: That's a really big issue these days, the vaccination question.
1: It is. It definitely is.
0: So you have a sick kid and they're in the office and, you know, it can be a little bit sometimes unsettling for them. What are some techniques for putting a child at ease during the visit?
1: That's an interesting question. It's not something that I was ever taught how to do, but it's something that I've Kind of learned on the job and kind of break it down into like age group um, as well as the child themselves. So every child has a different level of development, you know, from baby to adolescence in terms of how they can identify strangers and how they interact with them. You know, at one point they don't care and then later on they get that stranger anxiety around nine months and they really don't want to be examined and then they start exploring again as toddlers and then there's also variability among children. Like some children are more shy, some children are more outgoing. So, I when I walk in the room, you know, I really just get a good idea of like, you know, where people are sitting. You know, are they comfortable? Do they look nervous? I just kind of approach that exam with that in mind. So, if a child is looks afraid of me or a little timid then, you know, I'm not gonna go and start with my exam. This is so overwhelming for them. Instead, I might like redirect my focus maybe to another person in the room um, so that they kind of just kind of get to know me and they observe me. And then I might like slowly work into, you know, making eye contact and smiling and, and you know, maybe getting them thinking about other things than the visit. So you can, I like to draw, I like to move around. So I know a lot of my little kids like to run and play and jump. And while they might sound a little bit silly, it's very helpful with warming kids up for the exam. And it also gives me a really good idea of like their physical abilities and their ability to follow directions and uh, communication. Cause once you get kids uh, really getting involved in exam, you can elicit like almost your entire exam just from all that interaction. Uh, so it's really helpful. And then, you know, as I continue to practice more and more, I just pick up little skills along the way. But, you know, it's it's always just a lot of fun. And I think when you have fun and you like people, it makes it easy to make people feel comfortable.
0: Well, right. And, you know, children pick up on the vibe in the room. So if you're apprehensive about it, that, that they'll get that, right?
1: Right, right. Definitely. Distraction is helpful.
0: (laughs) So you've got a pediatrician all lined up. You're happy with the practice. Uh, And then the question is, what is the schedule for bringing your child? What are the real key landmarks in the first year or two uh, for getting a child to the doctor?
1: Specific to pediatrics, we have the Well Child Exam. Uh, that is at regular intervals. So when the baby comes home from the nursery or NICU, you'll need to see a provider within a few days to um, at most a week. Um, and that's really just to look at jaundice and wait and to address any newborn issues. After that, it starts to spread out a little bit more. So it's at one month and then two months, four months, six months, nine months, 12 months. So then now you're at your year mark. Then you have 15 months, and 18 months, and 24 months, 30 months, and then 36 months. So once you get to 36 months, which is three years, you will have a well child exam each year. So in the very beginning, it's kind of at two-month intervals, and then it spreads to three months. And then, you know, later on, it's, it's more spread out to yearly. And these well child visits they are um, geared to you know, detect disease and prevent disease, as well as promote health and um, give anticipatory guidance. So we do a lot of screening. Um, it could be a variety of screenings, like for sleep or nutrition, um, vision, hearing, Uh, We also look at development, we look at things like blood pressure and all sorts of things. And we we try to gear the exam to the age of the child and what they might be at risk for or what might be important to discuss, as well as the child's individual needs based on their uh, medical history and the family dynamics that you know about the family.
0: Yeah, and right, as you develop a relationship, you're much more in tune with what's going on with that family.
1: Right, and their needs or their concerns.
0: So, you know, there are those times when something more serious is going on. A kid can be, uh, you think, as a parent, pretty sick or seriously injured or something. How do you need to know? What are some basic guidelines for parents about when it's okay to wait to go to the doctor versus going to an urgent care or to the emergency room?
1: So we do address that at our well-child visits, like when to go see a doctor, and that kind of varies on the age group um, as well as the condition. So some basic things just to think about is like, is it a 911 or a type of emergency? Like is someone bleeding? Is someone have any type of confusion or um, change in their mental status? These are all ER visits. When we worry about like allergies, like anaphylaxis, we think about trouble breathing, trouble speaking, Maybe like uncontrollable diarrhea, maybe they um, look very pale and look like they want to pass out. Those are all um, reasons why you'd go to the emergency department. Uh, When it comes to an illness, so we have a lot of children that are sick with runny nose and congestion and coughs. a lot of that can be handled at home if they are an otherwise healthy child. Um, the exceptions are going to be children, you know, with cerebral palsy, trach dependent, you know, kids with chronic medical conditions. Um, they might be more likely to decompensate and need uh, more emergent care. But for your general like viral illness, if you are able to handle it at home, like they're breathing comfortably, they're eating, they're, you know, using the restroom, making good wet diapers, and a lot of times that can just involve a clinic visit not emergency department visit but when that changes when they're vomiting and you know they can't even take in water or you haven't seen them go to the bathroom or there hasn't been any wet diapers in six hours or you know they're refusing to eat they're having difficulty breathing those are all er visits so in short an ER visit is very helpful for um, severe emergent medical conditions because the ER can provide that extra care. They can provide antibiotics, IV, they can pro- provide IV fluids, they can provide oxygen, and they can do imaging such as CT and MRI as well as X-ray. And the clinic is more for um, you know illnesses and well-child visits, as well as any type of like, non-serious injury that needs evaluation. Now, if this all sounds confusing and you're just not sure, especially in the moment when it happens, uh, McLaren does have a telephone number and it's 810-667-5500. That number, pediatrician is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can call us. You can tell us what's going on. And we can do our very best to help guide you in the right direction. You know, is it an urgent care visit if the clinic is closed, or is it an ER visit?
0: Well, that's good to know. I'm going to repeat that number, folks. So this is a pediatrician on call from McLaren. That's 810-667-5500. And I'm afraid to say we're out of time, Dr. Madani, but I want to thank you very much for providing all that great advice to our parent listeners today.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Michael.
0: Dr. Alice Madani is a pediatrician at McLaren-Lapeer Region Community Medical Center. To learn more about Dr. Madani or to submit a question, visit mclaren.org slash madani. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels or check out the full podcast library for additional topics that may interest you. This is McLaren's In Good Health. Thanks for listening.